Hey, boys and girls. It's your favorite fat man at the front desk, Jason Modcast founder David K. Montoya, and I interrupt this fantastic, stupendous podcast with these important messages. Starting February 2nd, the Jason Modcast network is going to be black. It's going to be black for the following 27 days. That's right. For the entire month of February, we're going black. Uh, and But we will be back March 1st. Uh, we've got some things that we need to get caught up on, you know, with the holidays behind us. Now it's just time to get caught up. And, you know, plus I'm working on this little cartoon thing. It just kind of played a little bit of my attention. Not, not a little big deal. But for an added bonus, though, two shows will continue to go on, even though the rest of the, of the other podcast shows are going to be going black. On Tuesdays, the boys from the Great White North, the movie Madhouse, will be continuing to run their regular show and then as an added bonus Fridays you'll get to hear my fat ass talk for a little while as we go and we enjoy the flashback Fridays and then like I said February 2nd to February 28th no added shows that means no scene red no uh, tree frog expose cafe or who's the boss what we think uh, don't get us started. So those shows will be returning. Then on March 1st, which is a Saturday, we start things right back up with what we think. And then from then until next year, we'll be running straight and smooth. So I just wanted to give you folks a heads up. And just to let you know, because we got some time before February 2nd, but I don't want you going to your favorite iTunes or your Stitcher trying to find a new podcast and like what happened so there you go all right that's it from this end this is your favorite fat man at the front desk david k montoya and now enjoy this fantastic jason modcast show and now enjoy this free jason modcast show not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, essay Burbank Podcast. We're essay Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. The game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. Let's pick up, we'll pick it up. Let's actually make some. And see, I came up with more. Google it. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am Miss C. Burbank. You did pretty good, considering you don't have your hair in a ponytail. You did pretty good. I just didn't want my head to pop. I know, you're having a headache. I don't or know. almost having it's, a headache. It's, it's like head pressure at this point. Head pressure, like in a vice? Yeah, Like exactly. one of those commercials? Yeah. Feels like my head's in a vice. You need head along or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're having a headache. The baby's out here. Yes. She's supposed to go to her mother, but uh we'll see. There she wandered in that direction. So we'll see if she does. Well, moments ago, um, because we live right next to a park, you know, the Mercy Air you know, made the landing, so right. that got her all straight Yeah, up she was and... all revved up seeing the helicopter come and go, and, well, she didn't get to see it go, but she got to see it come over, and that was exciting. That was good for a few laughs. For us. <laughs> for us, yeah. <laughs> Not so much for the guy they picked up, but uh, anyhow, but it was from an accident that occurred actually probably about a mile or so away, but this is the best place they can land. 
So, <clears throat> anyhow, uh, she's back there now. Yes. This. So, uh, sorry, folks. I'm trying to gather my thoughts. My brain's not kicking as fast as it usually is. That's because you're having a headache. Maybe you're PMSing. Maybe. Are you PMSing? No, I'm in a good Is mood. Is Lacey PMSing? No, she's in a good mood. You don't mood. have sympathy PMS? No. Some guys do, you know. Now, some guys just have their own PMS, too. I swear they do. Um, You know, sometimes I do just get cranky. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I would buy that. About every 28 days or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, men cranky. go through menopause. You know, they don't like to admit it, but. Unfortunately, um, today since we're you know talking about Lacey, today mm -hmm. is Lacey and I's 18th wedding anniversary. Yes, so that is. means we've been Many married. Happy returns of the day for 18 years, and and it was funny because I, I put a post up on her Facebook, and and after I read it, I was like, I I hope that she doesn't think that I was just trying to be you know like sweet talking, because <laughs> it really doesn't seem like. 18 years it, it, it maybe mm. to me honestly it feels like maybe 18 months <laughs> no it doesn't really feel time that flies long. when you're having fun <laughs> i know we've been married 22 years longer than that and it doesn't it doesn't seem like that either i mean it doesn't but then i don't until i look in the mirror i don't feel like i'm not 18 either <laughs> you know and then i look in the mirror and i go fuck that's not the face of an 18 year old that's for sure well that's what I told or the him. body yeah. i told Lacey, i said well you know what that means she's like what and I go, you're getting old and she goes i'm not the one that's balding i'm like fuck you <laughs> she had to bring that up had to go to the hair didn't she yeah i know i know see ernie's ernie's got this this hair issue if you will he mm -hmm. got his mother's hair genes and, um, which is sad because his dad just had like tons of hair. Right. Till the day he died. Um, but, uh, unfortunately, Ernie got mom's hair and her hair, uh, was sparse toward the end. And, uh, his is <clears throat> sparse. <laughs> but, you know, he doesn't care. He's, he's, he's stronger than that. He doesn't really, you know, I mean, yeah, if he, could say, okay, I choose to have hair. He'd probably choose to have hair. But since he can't make that choice, then he's like, okay, there it is. It is what it is, or isn't what it isn't, you know, as the case may be. Well, I think, uh, well, I don't think I know. I, I know I can rock a bald head, so it's okay. There you go. Well, plus, <clears throat> you won't believe this, but long hair is actually more detrimental to the follicles than short hair. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. On account of it, weighs it down, and uh, but anyway, you keep it long if you want. That's cool. But when I at the beginning, when I said you did pretty good considering you didn't have you, people don't know who don't listen to us regularly that you don't even start revving up until you get your hair yes. in a ponytail with your little rubber band, and and then you're all ready to rock. And most of the time, you do pretty good. Today was a little, a little more quiet than usual, but. You might have just been quiet because your head's hurting too. <clears throat> you did take medication of yes. some sort. Yeah, and and uh, like an aspirin or some shit. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I think it was like ibuprofen. Whatever, something and just to knock it out. 
So Yeah, because you don't want to get a headache. I so mean, headaches suck anyhow. Halfway through the show, if I just start bouncing off the walls. And That'll start... be a combination of the pain med working and your Starbucks kicking in. Yes. Which we had before we started today as a little celebration. You guys treated me to Starbucks today, and it was very nice. Thank you. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. Every little drop. <clears throat> so, and I, I, I mentioned this off just a, a wee bit, a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I've been hit, I mean, seriously hit with the writing bug this yeah, last you've been couple months. writing your ass off. And I'm, I'm just going with it, you yeah, know, because why not? there's no blockage. And like I said, I'm, I'm done. Um. Uh, with the first draft, Terry and I actually sat down to start working on the second draft editing mm-hmm. of a Yotno. Mm-hmm. And I started I started this a, a back in December. No, it was November. God. I started in November. I started mm-hmm. writing Incubus. Mm-hmm. And I've been writing on Incubus now that I'm finished mm-hmm. with um, a Yotno. Mm-hmm. And I decided that we were going to portray S. Sadie Burbank's acting ability beyond the voice. Now, for any of you that don't know, uh, I think I've mentioned it here a couple times, haven't I? Or, uh, I don't know. What are you going to say? It, it's kind of hard to remember what we say off the air to what I we know, say I know, to what air. we just say to each other. Yes. <clears throat> I um, know. Incubus is a story that actually came out of a podcast that I did, um, what is it, Scene Red 51. And what had happened is normally with Scene Red, we have content already laid out. And part of the trick of podcasting is, is you pace yourself with the, the content. Now, not with us. I mean, that's not true. Before we had content, we had the segments. And right. I knew what we were going to talk right. about. So we paced it out. So, so we, we could, could get it. it all in. Right. Well, for Scene Red 51, we just started yapping. Mm-hmm. And I got lost in the conversation and... and stopped pacing Mm -hmm. and halfway through the show we're like oh shit we're out of content (laughs) so we pushed pause i jumped online and i found this article and the article was about it it takes place in bolivia in in a small amish colony Mm -hmm. and these women were getting raped and the bishop of the the amish colony was just saying well it's it's a evil spirit that the lord's let down because of the evil ways the colony's going into. And we talked about it, you mm-hmm. know, for about half an hour. I do remember us discussing some of that, yeah. And I think that was online <clears throat> that we discussed it, too. Oh, okay. Um, uh, not, I don't mean online. I mean on air. On air. I know what you meant. <clears throat> and yeah. um, <laughs> so the kids went home. They're, you know, okay, good podcast, blah, blah, blah. And, and they took off for the day. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it was there. It was sitting in my head. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you know, I ran it back, did my editing, and I heard the whole talk back. Mm-hmm. And then instead of going to bed, I just started typing. Mm-hmm. I just started writing the script. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a loose adaptation of the article we read mm-hmm. um, just because, well, the, the article was interesting mm-hmm. enough to spark my imagination. But mm-hmm. I think what I'm creating is much more entertaining, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the characters is going to be a district attorney. <laughs> and I see as Sadie Burbank as the district attorney. I want her to be mean. I want her to be angry. And I want her to be foul-mouthed. Oh, and... I'm totally there. <laughs> I can handle that one. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, because there's going to be a part where somebody, a suspect gets a drug in and, and she's going to talk to him. And, you know, she's going to get into the whole, you know, 
All right, you tiny bit or how they have it in my head. All right, you tiny dick bastard. What? Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. You know, I, I could totally see you doing it. <laughs> I can totally do it. So <clears throat> we're we're gonna limp dick. I like limp dick. <laughs> That's a good one. Too. Yeah, limp dick motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can go there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I might even be able to help you with the dialogue on oh, that yes. one. <laughs> Especially if I know what he's accused of. Be like, okay, this is yeah. the idea. No words yeah. on my end. Just go. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I can, I can, I can probably handle that. Like I said, I am not. I'm probably the least photogenic individual you'll ever meet. However, part of that is because nobody likes to look at pictures of themselves unless you're, uh, you know, somebody who's already like Maybe. fucking gorgeous. Anyhow. But uh, because most of us have a mental picture of ourselves, and then there's the reality, right? Which rarely matches. But yeah, I can live with that. I mean, there are lots and lots of people in the movies who are not physically beautiful, right? In the traditional sense of the word, and they do very well, right? So if somebody wants to, you know, take a picture of me. Oh, what's and what's her name? And you said that, and instantly her her face popped in my head. Uh, she just played in a movie with um, Sandra Bullock. They're cops. Oh, 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 oh! I know who you mean. Um, Michelle, Melinda. Yeah, Michelle, Melissa, Michelle, Melissa, or Michelle. But anyway, she's a big girl. She's, she's not, a big girl. She's, she's but she's got a beautiful face. When I say ugly, I'm talking about who's that guy that? Oh my God, he's gotten very popular lately. Plays uh, uh, Hispanic bad dudes a lot. Danny Tejillo. Yeah, and he's got a face that you know it looks like it was run over and <laughs> and and smushed in the mud and everything. And he, I mean, this I'd say it to his face. This is not this is not a surprise to him. He knows what he looks like. Oh yeah. But it, it, he's so attractive. In spite, it's like Tommy Lee. It's the long hair. It's, it's the, no, it's not the hair for me, but it's, it's his, um, what's the word? Um, demeanor? Yeah, but more than that. Ah, fuck. What's the word I want? Well, anyhow, it's, it's, like you say, demeanor. The way he comes across is very attractive. He's, he's strong. He's got a good sense of self. You can tell this just by watching him. He's confident, you know. You know, it's funny because I just read a... I like him. I just read a thing, a little article about Danny Tejillo last week, in fact. Yeah. Um, that's funny you brought that up because... I'm the Segway queen. <laughs> and it was just something that caught my attention, yeah. you know. And, like, in 1966, he was arrested. Um, and he was talking about how him and his friend went out to go sell some weed. Mm-hmm. And the friend tried to give him the weed to go sell to an undercover cop. Mm. N- neither Thanks, of them, buddy. neither of them knew that they were actually he was a cop. Oh, but Danny just kind of had this gut feeling. Yeah. Well, the friend goes and makes the transaction, but they still arrest Danny Tahio for it. Oh yeah. And he said for less than an ounce of weed, mm-hmm. ended up costing him seven years of his life. Shit. Mm. 
And um, in the sixties. In the sixties. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. These days, you got to be practically growing it and and you know putting it up for sale at Walmart before <laughs> anybody does anything to you. For but real? yeah, back in the sixties. Oh yeah. You get you get held holding you get caught holding a joint and you were in deep doo doo. And um, he he got out of uh, prison and he went into counseling. You know, and being counseled or no, counseling. He, he, he was counseling. Yeah. He was the counselor. And he came across this young kid who was just down on his luck, and and he he was retelling the story about how this kid was would call him in the middle of the night. You know, tell him, all right, I don't know. I'm at the end of my rope. And mm-hmm. and he said that every time that he would call or he talked to him, he'd always remember looking down at the kid's wa- or wrist and seeing his, you know, solid gold Rolex. But he's at the end of his rope. <laughs> Sell your Rolex, dude. <laughs> so the kid calls him. Must have a long rope. Yeah. Huh? The kid calls him again in the middle of the night. And he's like, you know, can you just come talk to me? And Danny's like. He really didn't want to, but he's like, all right, I'll come and we'll just, you know, go Uh shoot the shit and Uh we'll just talk. Uh Well, just so happens the kid was at a movie set where when he pulled up and they were sitting on the lot talking. And the director, as the two were talking, director walked up to Danny Tejillo and said, hey, you want a job? Hmm, just like that. Huh? And he's been in the movie business ever since. Ever since, yeah. He's he's just well, like Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee has a rugged face. I'll put it that way. It's right. rugged. Right. Uh, it's not Mack truck rugged, but it's rugged. Okay. Um, and there are others, lots and lots of others. Uh, mostly guys that I can think of. There are some women too. A lot of the women in um <clears throat> in the movies in the 30s and 40s. Uh, Marjorie Maine, for example, um, the mom, mom and pa, Ke- mom and pa kettle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, okay. Was not a beautiful woman. She, when she was all fixed up, she was passable. But, you know, she was a very plain looking woman. The woman who played, uh, Margaret Rutherford, I think her name is. Uh, I could be wrong about that. The one who played the, the Wicked Witch of the West, you know. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. She had a face that, you know, could crack a mirror. Uh, lots of women through the history of movies have made very fine livings. Um, who's the one that she was just on in a movie? I've got it recorded to watch. Uh, Edna Mae Oliver. She had a horse, literally a horse face. And she even referred to herself as a horse-faced individual. And she had real, real long face. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, really long face from forehead to chin. Um if she was one of those that, that you, you want to go, God played too long in the clay that day. You know, he needed to kind of squish it down, <laughs> round her out just a, a tad. Uh, but she had attractive qualities about her too. She was, she was a hell of an actress. Right. And a lot of these women were at a time when, uh, movies made a big deal about being beautiful. You know, Ginger Rogers and, uh, uh, Rosalind Russell and, um, oh, I've got one in my mind and I can't, it's so hard for me to get names out anymore. It really is. Priscilla Lane, uh, a lot of ladies who were really beautiful gir- girls and women, uh, were very popular in the movies. Uh, Atlanta Turner, um, 
uh, who's the one with the hair? Oh, I never can remember her name anymore. A lot of a lot of of um, <clears throat> women were capitalized on for their beauty because right. of their beauty, and movies were created for them to showcase them as actresses because they were beautiful. And in spite of all that, these women who weren't the beauties had the courage and the capacity to push themselves into that world right and say you know yeah i'm not beautiful but i can act and don't you have parts for people who are not necessarily beautiful you know bit parts or whatever (laughs) and a lot of them worked their way into um stardom a, a a lifetime of professional work because they were not necessarily stars but because they were marketable uh if you look we've been watching a lot of the old movies the last mm, let me think last couple of days was Joan Crawford day okay okay uh i didn't know it until i listened to the build up for some of these movies she actually made 54 movies in her career oh wow do you know how many movies that is a year in a 25 year career one every other year well in 52 if if in 25 years if she made one movie a year that would only be 25 movies right right she made 54 ah okay got gotcha, you gotcha. so that's an average of two movies a year yes okay oh, I, I i reversed it yeah so that's a lot that's a lot of movies <laughs> that is and interestingly most of her co actors mm-hmm. okay i won't say co-stars because they weren't all stars through each of these movies were pretty much the same guys you know the same uh um sidekicks for her right lady sidekicks for her or the same um uh not necessarily the same actor you know who would co-star with her but the the supporting actors that came along that would be the police guys or the restaurant guys or the bartenders or whatever they always were the same guys right you know and if you watch like we sometimes do we watched i don't know eight or ten of these movies over a two-day period you go damn i'm getting confused here he was (laughs) he was a cop in the last movie but now he's a bartender in this movie you know it right but they all made um a fine living being themselves being their less than movie star attractive selves and just doing a good job of acting and that's still happening today which i think is cool because if we only had beautiful people to look at the rest of the world would be going around kicking ourselves (laughs) i mean it's bad enough really as it is with our media the way it is these days right with movies and television and magazines and um and everything that that focuses so much on physical beauty um and fortunately um schools and um groups that are geared to helping kids and stuff they're they're trying to get kids and young people to understand that physical beauty is not necessarily the be all end all and uh trying to help kids understand that they can be just as I don't want to say just as good, but they can be just as productive, just as useful, just as important in life as the beautiful right. ones can. You know, because it, kids get, 
you know, they get bombarded with this stuff all the, from everywhere. You know, they see nothing but beautiful blonde. It's like uh, Whoopi Goldberg did her on her stand-up routine that time where she pretended she put the towel on her head oh, and yeah, pretended yeah. to have long blonde yeah. hair. You know? <laughs> well, and, and, and it's sort of like that because they get the idea that that's what's the goal. Right. That's, that's where they need to head. And, and, and they can't all go there. You know. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. I like the fact also, uh, as far as like male actors, um, 
two of my favorite actors, and it, it has nothing to do with with the way they look. It's just I enjoy mm-hmm. their acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Seth Rogen? Mm-hmm. And um, oh, I just lost it. Mm-hmm. I, oh, join I hate my club. That. Join my club. Mm. Uh, Jonah Hill. Okay, I know who he is too. Yes, and they're both. I just watched Golden Globes last night a little bit, and he, they happened to make a joke about Jonah Hill and the movie he was just in. So, oh, okay, I sort of know who he is from. But they're both. It technically term unterm, and I can say this because I'm fat myself. Mm. Is they're fat? Yeah, yeah. They're they're not, you know, anywhere near. Um, and fat people have. Uh, oh. We've all been ridiculed for being fat. What's the guy that you drool over every time he, we bring him up? What's his name? Oh, which one? I got a couple that I drool over. Uh, Who's the one I just said something the other day during our multicast and 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 Becca went? Eh. Oh, oh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hugh Jackman wasn't the one I was drooling over at the time. But, but that's, Hugh that's Jackman I, is that's who I one I like. Of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're nowhere near in the the physical. No, they're not. No. I mean, to them, a six pack is something they carry in their hand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, I know, but I, know. I enjoy them as actors, and I, I think, it's... and they have a certain sexuality about them too, an appeal sexually about them too. Um, uh, God damn it, the guy who played in—you you remember the movie Hitch? Yes. The guy who played Kevin Stacy—is that his name? Kevin something. Spolick. Uh, I think it's Kevin Spolick. Are you yeah, sure? yeah, because he was on, he wasn't he was, was it King of Queens? He was also on the King of Queens could TV be, show. Could be, he's he's uh he's a, a chubby guy, uh-huh. has a nice face, really, but uh, he isn't what you would call a sexually attractive necessarily on the face of it guy. Right. But he's very sexy. He when he when he when he strips away all the comedic inference and goes for the the sexy bit, he can pull it off. A lot of a lot of big guys can do that. A lot of ugly guys can do that. It's just whether or not they feel it and can convey it. demonstrate that. You know, you got to be able to. It's like my husband couldn't pull that off for love or money. I can't even get him to pull it off with me <laughs> in the dark. So I mean, he's just never going to be able to do that for a camera. Right. Okay. Not even if he was just a voice, he wouldn't be able to do it because it just isn't in. I mean, he's got that, but. It's not something he's overt with. It's not part of his personality. It's not, and it's not something that he's verbal about or terribly demonstrative of. It's there when he needs it, but the rest of the time, forget it. It's not going to happen. Right. And I, you know, I've learned to live with that. Been married to him for, uh, been together with him for almost fifty years now. You learn after a while <laughs> what you can expect and what you can't. But <clears throat> a lot of these guys who have what some Ladies, <clears throat> I'll use that term probably loosely, might refer to as drawbacks mm-hmm. physically, uh, can still pull that off, you know, because the, it's, being sex, sexually attractive is not about looks, not to women. Right. <clears throat> oh, maybe to some women it is. And yeah, there are some guys who, I'm sorry, you just have to go there and admit it, okay? They've got it. But there's a lot of guys that you'd put on the shelf somewhere and go, mm, ugly, and they've got it too. They've got it too. You can ask any woman, and she'll tell you. 
oh yeah, I've seen it. I know it's there. You know, it's just, I was trying to think, what the heck was I watching? <clears throat> we watch so much television, so many movies, all the time. I mean, all the time. That television's on at our house practically like 24-7. Right. Um, and I was watching this thing the other, just, just in the last day or two, and... It was, I think it was a, a movie of, with kids primarily. Anyhow, the, the one kid was talking about this guy, whether or not he needed, I think she was trying to get him to drink milk or something like that. And he said, so-and-so needs it. And, and the guy just, without much of, of a comment, just pulls up his t-shirt a little bit and shows his six pack and goes, I don't think I need it. She goes, no, he doesn't need it. It, it, it. And it may not have been milk. I don't remember what it was, but it was just a really cool move. And the guy was just, all of a sudden I went, ah, I hadn't been paying too much attention to him until then. And it, and it wasn't the six pack. It was his attitude. Uh, very casually. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> there's just something about that that's very appealing. You know, I was trying to remember who it was that I had said during the multicast. Right. That I found attractive. Oh, uh, Clooney. Oh, George Clooney. Yeah. He's just beautiful to look at. I mean, seriously, if you see him in particularly that movie that I had been talking about where he is, um, <clears throat> which with JLo, he's with JLo. JLo's okay. a cop and he is a robber, so to speak. And, but they, they get together. Yeah. Do they ever? And they're in this restaurant in one scene. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a little candlelight and all that. And the camera loves that man, loves him. And he just, he just, I mean, I could sit and watch that scene for two hours. <laughs> you know, he's just really beautiful. I mean, you know, and there's not too many guys in the movies you can say that about. Used to be able to say about Robert Redford. Right. Sadly, time hasn't done any more for him than it has for me. <laughs> you know, sorry to say. But, uh, yeah, George Clooney is, he's psh, fucking beautiful. I'm sorry, but that's just where it's at. <laughs> and on top of it, he has, he, and he's talented, but he also, he portrays himself as, um, that confidence. Well, see, the thing is, with with guys who are really sexy, mm -hmm. it's they may or may not know it, but they don't act like they know it. You know. Okay. Um, there's a it's, it's more of a quiet confidence. They don't have to to come out and go, and you know, I'm sexy, right? You know, aren't right. I sexy? Uh, and I don't really know how to describe it other than that, but they don't. They don't put themselves out there that, I get you. that way, you know. Right. Not that way. It's almost like if you said they were sexy, they'd be surprised. I follow you. You know. Now, you said because there's no time lag in this. This is going to, we're recording it this week. Mm -hmm. It's going out this week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you said you watched the Golden Globes. Yeah, off and on, yeah. Anything that should be highlighted? On the gold because oh. I missed. I actually was thinking it was next Sunday. I oh. missed it. Yeah. Uh, let me think. The opening was good. Amy Poehler and uh, and Tina Fey. They were funny. Um, they all. 
they hosts in shows like that Award tend shows, to right. tend to get a little carried away with the jokes at others' expense. Mm. It's not just Tina and and Amy, but others do the same. Right. Uh, and I'm, I've never been a fan of jokes at the expense of other people. Putting down people. Yeah. Well, sometimes they're not put downs necessarily, but they just, they're embarrassing to other people. Right. But they, because they say it out in the open, they figure, oh, it's okay. You have to laugh, you know, but you'd really kind of rather they didn't say some of those things. Um, and, and, uh, again, maybe I'm more prudish than I think I am, but I thought, I thought some of them were a little inappropriate, but that's how I remembered who, um, uh, Jonah Hill was too, because they showed a picture of him while they were talking about his role in a recent movie, mm. the name of which escapes me, or I would say, <clears throat> um, the world's end. No, no, no. That's that's with. Um, this is the end. Is it that one? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't remember to be really truthfully honest. But in any case, um, as far as who won what, uh-huh. you know, um, I I didn't have anybody particularly in mind that I wanted to win, uh-huh. except I wanted the woman in Nebraska, the older lady, what the hell is her name? I just, I didn't know it before last night, and then I just caught it again last night. I want to say it's like Sophia or Sophie or or something like that. Jesus. And what did she play in? She she played a she played an older woman in Nebraska. Is the movie? It's a. Um, is that new? Yeah. I haven't even heard of it. It's. Uh, I identify with her because she has a potty mouth, and I like that about <laughs> old ladies. Um, and she's about my age, but she's been an actress for a long time. She was actually on the stage for a while. Um, oh, God, I hate having a shitty memory. I didn't used to. You know, I used to crap up here. <laughs> what does she, she look like? Rust. Um, what does she look like? Yeah, she's short hair. Um, some people would say she's a little on the pudgy side. Um, and if you read off a couple of names, she's, she's got to be in the first four or five people in it. Ladies or women. Uh... If you read off a name or two, I can tell you. Okay, I'm looking for women's name. She, Bruce Dern is in it. June Squab. Yeah, that's her. That's her. Uh, where the hell did I get? What did I think it was? Well, anyhow, I wanted her to win because I liked Because she played Kate her. Grant in the movie. Okay. Okay, I know who she is. Okay. Okay. And she has a, she has quite a history in the theater, the, the theater, as well as movies, okay? Uh-huh. Like Broadway stage theater. She was in... Um, She's been in 41 movies. And if you go to her theatrical career, you'll see she... God damn it. She was. She played somebody... Oh, hell. She actually didn't start uh, acting, mm-hmm. you know, in front of the camera until 1990. Okay. Go back to her Broadway... It doesn't list Broadway. Well, go to her, go to her, uh, not movie career, but her career. Don't they have her? Just her? This is just her. Don't they say anything about her theatrical career? Uh, let's see, November 6th, 1929, in Illinois, United States. 
Uh, let's just jump over to her full biography. There you go. That'll have it. You know, all her body of work. They usually show a body of work for these people. Usually. But not now when I need them to. Of course not. Yeah. And if I could remember the play, I could remember who it was she played. They since made a, a movie of it too, but I can't. Let's see. Let me see what else I'm while I'm doing this here. Well, anyhow, uh, I wanted her to win just because I had seen an interview with her on CBS's Sunday Morning Show, uh-huh. and I found her attractive, interesting in in a <clears throat> not a I don't mean attractive in that way, but I mean you know I was interested by her personality. Right. <clears throat> it was fun to watch her. Uh, Mo Rocca interviewed her on the show, and it was it was it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. So because of that, I sort of had a vested interest in whether or not she would win for Best Supporting Actress. She did not. I was not happy. <laughs> not that whoever did win shouldn't have. Right. I just I wanted her to win, you know, because I kind of knew her work a little bit. I hadn't any particular interest in any of the movies. Uh, that are up for nomination or any of the actors that were up for I kind of wanted ha- Tom Hanks to win for his movie, uh, Mr. Phillips, I think it's called. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Captain Phillips. Yeah, because I like him, uh, Hanks. You know, I think he can do no wrong professionally. Right. Um, well, even in real life, he, does, he's he not seems one of to these, be a nice guy. Yeah. yeah he's not one of these. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a no. jerk. No. What else have you got there? Anything? Uh, just so happens, I went to Wikipedia. Ah, wiki. Good wiki. Uh, and it says, June got her break in New York by leading the role of Deuce in The Boyfriends off-Broadway in 1958. And in 1959, she's performed an off-Broadway, uh, what is that, Lend Me an Ear, starring Elizabeth Allen. She made her Broadway debut... In the original production, a gypsy. That's that's the one. That's the one you think about. Gypsy? That's the one I'm thinking of. She played. She played Ethel Merman, Merriman. No, Gypsy is about Gypsy Rose Lee. She may have had Ethel oh, Merman's part. No, no, no. She starred, um, starred with Ethel Merman. Oh, what was the part she played in uh. Gypsy? Who did she? Oh, I know now. I know now. Okay. I know now. Okay. In the movie uh, Gypsy, okay, if you're familiar with the movie Gypsy, if you're not, you should watch it because it's a hoot. There's a scene where... Um, she was a stripper. Yeah. Well, she was, sort of. She, Gypsy Rosalie was a unique stripper. She didn't strip like most strippers strip. Right, right. She was very, very... I've heard that Understated. Name understated. Yeah. Um, also, she wasn't terribly attractive. Natalie Wood played Gypsy Rose Lee in the movie Gypsy, and Natalie Wood far, was far more beautiful than Gypsy Rose Lee herself. Right. She was a little on the horse-facey side, very tall, lanky. Anyhow, um, in the one part of the movie Gypsy, uh, the troupe, which included Gypsy Rose Lee, her mother, who was played by Roz Russell, and their little troop of girls that, that made up their act, mm-hmm. so to speak, got booked into a strip joint. Well, not a strip joint, a strip theater. Right. Because they were vaudeville actors and so on, but that vaudeville was on the way out, and the only job they could get was as a filler uh, act 
for this strip theater that the as a guy put it you're here to keep the cops away from us because as long as they had kids in the on the bill then it was assumed it was a family show right okay uh, and there were three strippers in particular who uh, the movie chose to focus on uh, and gave them little singing parts and everything to describe because they were describing two gypsy who at this point was still a youngster right uh late teens we'll say 17 18 but i think she was they were trying to make her look way younger than that mm. uh they were describing to her their acts and one of them stripped that the whole shtick was you had to have a gimmick gotcha in order to uh, to, to make it in the strip world. And one of them stripped playing a trumpet. One of them stripped with electronics. She had light bulbs all over her costume and they would light up. And then the third one did, uh, forget what she did. Doesn't matter. Uh, and they each sang and danced a little thing describing their acts. Right. And this lady we're talking about, Squib. Uh huh. Okay. She was one of those girls. I think she was the Electra, gotcha. the electric one. Yeah, with the light bulbs. And, yeah, okay. And it's a, it's a, it's a real cute segment of the movie, especially the one with the horn, because, uh, she says something about, oh, uh, Roz Russell says something about their, their job being, you know, that they were strippers. And this one with the horn has this real raspy, hoarse voice in the movie. Uh-huh. And she goes, something wrong with stripping. And <laughs> it's really great. Oh, my God, what a wonderful voice. It chokes. <laughs> it makes me cough to do it. But she just pulls it off beautifully. Uh, and, and then she does her thing with the horn and all that kind of stuff. So, but that's Who the part yeah. that she played on Broadway. And apparently they didn't bring her to the movie. Which is kind of sad, but she may not have age-wise. It may not have worked for her because right. it was sometime later. But anyhow, I I sort of identified with her because I knew that part. I knew who she was, and I felt like because of that, I wanted her to win. As far as who did win, they're probably just as well qualified right. and just as you know. Like I said, I'm I'm I wasn't all that caught up in any of the movies, particularly mm-hmm. like Frozen one. For the animated. We've seen that. And Lacey said she liked it a lot. I didn't see it, but I did see Despicable Me 2 and I loved it. Then I'm a a minion freak. I love those little guys. They're so cute. Um, So, again, I I couldn't say, oh, it shouldn't have won because I didn't see it. Right. You know. Um, So, as far as who won and who didn't win and all that, it's, you know, it's also kind of politically charged atmosphere anyhow. Yeah. And there's always the, you know, I wanted Sandra Bullock to win just because I like Sandra Bullock. Right. You know, in all truthfulness, and I enjoyed Gravity a lot, but in all truthfulness, I was kind of surprised that it and her performances were even nominated because I've seen better movies. Mm. It was really good. Right. But it was also pretty much the same thing for two hours. Gotcha. She's floating around in space trying to get out of it all. And it was all harrowing and scary and freaky and screaming and like that. And um, plus, most of her acting was done to a microphone, you know. Right. Because she's in a space suit. She's off scene. Uh, yeah. 
and it's a lot of uh, CG and stuff right. like that. And so, uh, from that standpoint, did she match up to um, Somebody, Kate? Yeah. Kate, uh, fuck. I don't know any of the nominees. Oh, God bless me. Not Beckinsale. Kate, the the one that did the Queen thing. Oh, God damn it, blonde. Oh shit! Well, anyhow, the one who did win, pro she was in uh, a movie with the word blue in it. <laughs> Something uh, about her acting uh -huh. got everybody's attention, and and she probably had to work a whole lot more than Sandra. And I love Sandra Bullock to pieces. Don't get me wrong, okay? But she probably had to work a lot harder than Sandra had to. Right. So the fact that she was nominated was because it's a, sort of a surprise to me, frankly. Like I said, I saw the movie. I liked the movie. I'd watch it again. But it was no fucking Titanic. Right, right. Okay? And I mean, I... Oh, Kate um, Winslet. No, not Kate Winslet. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, this woman is... Oh, dear God in heaven. Well, anyhow, uh, those of you who didn't watch the Golden Globes, Google them and then you'll know all the names of all these people and all the work they did and all the movies they were in and you'll go, Jesus, somebody take that woman... <laughs> Sadie, that would be me, and shoot her in the head and bury her somewhere because she can't remember shit, and that would be true. Um, but anyhow, we're going to call it short tonight because the baby's freaking out, and Lacey's tired of sitting in the bedroom holding her, and I don't blame her a damn bit, and it is her wedding anniversary for crying out loud. I even wondered whether we were going to do this tonight or should, and I don't think we should anymore. I think we should call it quits. Okay, uh, let me tap on one something real fast. Okay, tap, and, tap away. Uh, seeing a couple new movies. Mm. I'm not going to touch one because I, I think that's what you guys are going to talk about, uh, you and Lacey, mm. on uh, your show. You know, you, uh, don't get mm. started. Oh, but, but something I know something about. Uh, another movie <laughs> that we saw last week was um, Grudge Match with mm. uh, Robert De Niro mm -hmm. and Sylvester Stallone. Hmm. And I love interesting this, combination. It, it's a it's a comedy, believe it or not. Yeah, I can believe it. But it it's a play off of. It, they're not the character. They're not verbally the characters. Like he, he's not Rocky Balboa, but right. the way he portrays or he is portrayed, the way he acts, the the dialogue that he uses is mm -hmm. Rocky Balboa mm. and Rocky. Mm -hmm. And with Robert De Niro, same thing. Yeah. He plays, uh, fuck, what's his name? Taxi driver? No, no, no. Ra Raging Bull is the movie. Oh, oh, oh. But I was trying to think of the character's name. Beats me. And they they put them together. They're actually in the ring. They're boxing. Really? It, How it, funny. It, it was just, I know that they were trying to go for like an emotional kind of, kind of tug. Uh, you know, It wasn't meant end. to be funny movie? That part where they were fighting. Oh, oh. Uh, I, I think they were trying to hit, you know, the yeah. emotion. But I was just hysterically laughing because I remember, you know, Rocky Balboa big and buff and his arms are as oh, big yeah, as my fucking meat head. And stuff like yeah. that. Not his meat oh, well, necessarily, a but there's somebody's a scene meat. in there. <laughs> yes. Um they're training and they're walking through a meat hanger. Yeah. And he sees a, you, you know, sure this wasn't meant to be funny? Well, it, most of it it's it's under a comedy. Oh, but okay. just that yeah, scene yeah. when they were fighting yeah. wasn't supposed to be funny. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, he sees the meat hanging there in the, yeah. in the meat locker and he draws his arm back yeah. to hit it. He's right about to hit it and then his trainer comes out and he goes, stop, stop, stop. What are you doing? <laughs> You're going to break your hand. <laughs> yeah. So. That's funny. 
that okay. was what was the other one? Would you're not going to talk about it? Um, it's August colon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's um, called Odessa County or something like that. She's not going to like my opinion of that one. Um, we already sort of talked about that a little oh, okay. bit. She and I. I liked it. I did like it. It's it's about a dysfun- dysfunctional I family. I know, and that's why I didn't like it. I didn't see it, but I won't see it probably. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the Big Chill. You remember the Big Chill? Long ago movie, okay, where everybody got together because somebody died. Yes. And then yes, they I talked over how miserable their lives had been and how dysfunctional yes. they had been That's, and yes. where they were going to go with it all. And I never really watched the whole fucking thing because it's it, 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 there was too much tension, too much hatred. I'm not into tension and hatred in movies. Maybe not ever have I been, but I'm sure not now. Well, so, with uh, that movie, with me, I was taken because it felt real. The acting felt I know, real. It was just really, you know, you Meryl know Streep. You know what my response to that is? It's that? like my dad used to say, diarrhea is real too, but I don't fucking want to watch it on a movie. Okay? <laughs> and that's kind of where it is for me. I don't enjoy watching people wrangle. It's like I, I won't ever watch uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf uh-huh. for the same reason. Okay? I can't stand to watch a man and woman who are supposedly married fighting like that. Right. I don't care what the issue is. I don't want to watch it. Um, I, I don't particularly care to see, even though it's Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts and a lot of other people who are very talented, I don't look forward to seeing them um, berate one another and fight with one another over spilt fucking milk. Right. I, you know, it's just not my cup of tea. But if she wants to talk about the movie, in spite of knowing that about it, my opinion of it, then fine. I don't care. We'll talk about it. But that's just me. I, you know, and I don't care what, how good job they did. Right. And then we saw Frozen. Frozen. Yeah. I would like to see Frozen because I was, like animated that features. That was a very, very cute movie. It was very well done. Yeah. Story was well told. And, um, I have to watch Wally again. I miss Wally. I, I love that movie. I still want to see, what is it, uh, Mr. Banks? Ah, uh, Saving, Saving Mr. Mr. Banks. Banks. Yeah. I, I still yeah. want to see that. That's, that's one I'm sort of up in the air about. I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't know if I want to, I'll watch it, but I don't, I'm not expecting a whole lot out of it. But then a lot of times, Ernie will pick most of our movies for us. He mm-hmm. picks our Netflix choices. Right. And, <clears throat> A lot of times we'll get a movie and I'll go, what's this one? And I'll go, oh, it's so-and-so. And I'll go, ah. But when I watch it, I'm like, oh, I was glad I watched that. Well, you know, it's Tom Hanks. Yeah, I know that. Okay. And Emma Thompson. Right. And, who I also really like a lot. Um, but, I mean, that doesn't mean that it's a story I want to necessarily watch. Right, right, right. Just because, you know, again, it's just there. I don't care who does it. Some things I don't want to watch. If Tom Hanks was in August, I wouldn't want to watch it. Okay. If Hugh Jackman with his shirt off was in it, I, well, I might watch, but I wouldn't listen to it. I was going to say, you'd probably watch it. Just turn down the volume. Totally turn down the volume and just watch him. I could do that. Yeah. I could could do that. So, yeah. Uh, But it's just, it's just me because it's two hours out of my life. Right. I'm counting down now. So I don't want to spend two hours (laughs) watching. People wrangle with each other. There's too much shit like that in the world as it is. Well, if any of our listeners do like that type of mo- movie, I do recommend it. It's, yeah, it's supposed to be a really good. It is very well done. 
you know, you got the cream of the co- acting or actress crop right. in it. And you know, she chooses, Meryl Streep can't do anything wrong. She chews that scene so well. I'm I mean, sure she just, does. I'm sure she does. <clears throat> She's like, it, it don't matter how old I am. I can still do this job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She can't. Well, I, they said last night on the go, on the globes, She's been not, or somewhere they said it. She's been nominated 17 times for an Academy Award. Wow. She's only won like two or three, but she's been nominated 17 times. You know, that's got to get boring for her after a while. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, again? Okay. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. Glad you like my work. You know, and I'm sure she does. I'm sure she is glad, but it's not, it's just not my particular cup of tea, but that's just me. All right, kids. Uh, I'm gonna let the kid and the wife out. I think that would be a noble gesture on your part. And because today is our anniversary, yes. she does. She doesn't have to cook today. Yay! I'm gonna go. We already talked about what we're getting for dinner. I'm cool. gonna go out and get dinner for us. Good man. Good man. So for this week, I am David K. Montoya, and I am S. Sadie Burbank. And you heard what we think about Hollywood, <laughs> which was actually unplanned. Yeah. I don't know. even remember where we started out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I walked all over your last line. I'm sorry. It's okay. Good and night. now you know that was his last line. Good night. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.A. Burbank Podcast. Or S.A. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. The game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit.